Welcome once again to Notes from COVID. My name is Laura and I'm speaking to you from London. Today is September 8th, 2020. Remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts and to follow us on Instagram at Notes from COVID. Before we delve into the episode, I want to thank my friends Martina and Andrea for helping me with today's special guest. As we all know, the coronavirus pandemic has shaken us all and disrupted life as we knew it. One of the industries that has been more affected has been the hospitality industry. Sadly, some places have had to close for good, while others shifted their gears in order to survive. It is the latter on which we will be focusing on today. And for that, we have Bertil Totenborg, restaurant manager and beverage director at Gusto in Bolivia. For those of you that may not be familiar with the foodie scene, Gusto is Bolivia's top restaurant and has also been in the coveted 50 best list for Latin America. Bertil has led Gusto since October 2015, and today he will tell us how has Gusto tackled this challenge. Welcome, Bertil. Thank you very much. Thank you. So yes. nice to be here. No, no, thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, well, so before we start talking COVID, uh, you know, shenanigans, tell us a little bit more about you and how did Atoll Nordic Guide ended up in La Paz? Well... The the story kind of kind of begins when 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 I actually start my my career in terms of uh, of uh, wine and, and and hospitality. When I started in a restaurant in Copenhagen, I started working in a restaurant in Copenhagen that is called Geist. Um, at this point, uh, the head chef of this restaurant is called Camilla Seidler, who um, soon after I meet her, or soon after I start working at this restaurant, uh, she moves to La Paz. Uh, together with uh, well, together with uh, our owner Klaus Meyer, uh, with 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 this idea of opening uh, uh, Gustu, uh, opening this restaurant, um, and, and throughout uh, a good portion of time, then then Camilla she uh, comes home to Copenhagen, tells me a lot about uh, uh, about the project, the restaurant in 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 La Paz. Um, I felt that that was very very interesting. This whole idea of trying to to focus on this amazing biodiversity that are in a country that's not necessarily very known for either its biodiversity or its food, uh, which I mean, it's not, it's not, uh, uh, it's not deserved that they are not uh, more famous in terms of their biodiversity and their food. Um, and 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 little by little, Klaus and, and and Camilla tried to convince me to 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 join the team in in Bolivia. More than anything, they I think they had an idea that that. Um, there was a wine culture, a wine scene that had not necessarily been explored. And maybe they had this idea that it could be fun to bring in a, a fairly young uh, a fairly young guy, or at least not, not too experienced in terms of, of, of working with wine, and, and put some, some, some uh, fresh, creative eyes on, on, on how you maybe could create a, a, a wine culture uh, together with, with uh, hospitality level, um, in, in, in a country like Bolivia. Um, so so they've, they've pretty much spent a couple of years in trying to convince me to join the, the, the team in Bolivia. And, and in, yeah, you know, beginning of 2015, more or less, then, then um, we met in Copenhagen and, and, and we had a long conversation about uh, what, what could happen here and why it could be interesting for a guy like me to... to to go to Bolivia and, and try to see a new culture and 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 get a challenge that was different than than anything you could you could possibly get in, in a city like Copenhagen, for an example. Uh, 
So, so yeah, I, I arrived in, in Bolivia in, in 2015 um, with, with maybe the idea that I was only going to be here for two, two and a half years, maybe. But uh, uh, now here in a month, I, I, I've been here for, for, for five years. Uh, so I guess I never went home. I, I kind of <laughs> fell in love with the projects and, and, and with the country and, 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 and the possibilities that you have in a, in a country like this. So, so yeah, uh, soon to be five years. And, and probably not uh, leaving very soon either. Yeah, well, that's the magic of South America, let me tell you. <laughs> I think so. Now, can you tell us a little bit uh, about how Gusto operates normally? I mean, we're talking pre-pandemic times. So what what, what is it to mm -hmm. run a restaurant um, the level we, that Gusto is? So, 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 so Gusto, Gusto, see, Gusto is a restaurant that, that, that has, to a certain extent, this new Nordic touch, or at least the new Nordic philosophy coming from our owner Klaus, who who is one of the um, one of the ones who created the new Nordic food scene in in, in uh, Copenhagen, these little more than twenty years ago. Um, however, of course, we don't cook Nordic food, uh, nor uh, nor are we a new Nordic cuisine. I think I think we we are more trying to 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 challenge uh, uh, the possibilities of what a Bolivian cuisine somehow can be. Uh, we're a restaurant that uh, uh, you know. We're a restaurant that only work with Bolivian produce. Um, we have set up quite a, a good portion of projects on, on on trying to understand the biodiversity of the country itself. Uh, our head chef Marcia, for an example, have uh, have created a project that is called Sabores Silvestres, which is basically about doing expeditions various times a year. Uh, understand the country and 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 the regions much better the, the 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 people in the different regions what produce they are uh, they are producing um and then and then basically get back to to the restaurant and we do tasting menus of of uh, somewhat 15 to 18 courses at a, uh, uh, our biggest tasting menu that is um where i mean we, we, you know, yes, hundred percent Bolivian produce, but we don't we don't cook traditional Bolivian food. There is not really any rules for where the inspiration or the creativity comes from. Uh, so, so I think the best way to explain our kitchen is is you know like it's a small guided tour through Bolivia. However, inside our heads or our brains, through our eyes, uh, more than anything in that direction. But but with with the idea that we want to work with produce that. Uh, is of its best quality have not been treated with uh, chemicals uh, small uh, small tiny quality producers uh, who can give us the best produce that we possibly can find amazing that sounds absolutely brilliant now Bertil, yeah. eh, can you tell us a little bit about the challenges uh, that you encounter when setting up a high-end restaurant in a place like Bolivia you you said that it's it's a place not, that nobody really knows uh, for its cuisine particularly. And it's also one of the poorest in Latin America as well. So the, what kind of challenges did you encounter then? I mean, to, to begin with, uh, to begin with, I think that's, that's the main reason why we came to Bolivia to actually have these challenges. And, and, and I mean, it, this, this, this project, this idea was never really supposed to be easy. Uh, mm -hmm. You're supposed to learn from it and, and gain a lot from 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 something like this. There are so many challenges when when you come to a country like this, where the gastronomy culture not necessarily is very evolved in terms of uh, something as simple as gastro tourism. 
but also in terms of the own local market that's that's uh, very very drawn to their traditional kitchen uh, kitchen that's absolutely fantastic um but but not necessarily is so so maybe so used to experiment or or, or or maybe they're a little bit shy sometimes in terms of trying something new um well like i said with this idea that we're not cooking traditional food then then uh we, we challenge quite a bit in terms of uh, what people actually eat or what people actually try for the first time. Um, you're a restaurant like this that, I mean, there are another challenge, which is very simple is that La Paz is located in these 3,600 meters of altitude, which is a terrible location to, to place a restaurant uh, if you want to be open for dinner service. So, so um, people from La Paz, they, they do not eat uh, dinner. Uh, people in La Paz, you eat uh, a big lunch and then you have, you know, tea and, and, and some bread for dinner because digestion is difficult, uh, di- different uh, due to, 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 to the altitude. Um, so so we, we, we've had quite a lot of challenges on the way more than anything to, to, to kind of find our own way and, 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 and see how we can, how we can manage to overcome as simple challenges of, of, of getting accepted from the local market or from from the people in the country um, as a restaurant who's not just trying to provocate but actually do something delicious just in a different way than 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 anyone maybe have been doing before in in this country nice i it's making me hungry all this food talk uh now bertil can you tell us what were the plans or where was gusto headed for in 2020 See, I mean, um, I think I think 2020 was 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 one of the years that 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 we were gonna polish a couple of things, uh, maybe more than anything, like uh, a year of of like like the end of of a tiny era where we where we maybe could change a bit more in 2021, for an example. Um, Marcia, our head chef, took over the kitchen from Camilla Seidler in 2017. And Camilla Seidler, she she just had gotten voted as as uh, the best female chef of of of, of uh, Latin America, um, and at at this point, you know, you you kind of have to figure out how you create your own style without necessarily breaking the entire philosophy of of, of a restaurant. Um, when 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 you have to to take over a restaurant that way, as as Marcia and I did in 20, uh, 2017 so so we've been spending the last couple of years i think the first year was very much to change a couple of things and try to find the identity that we wanted to go for uh the second year was very much about trying to explore the potential of what our identity was 19 and and, and 2020 was supposed to be a year where we were focusing even more than ever on on just getting better in terms of what we think that we found that that is our style our our way of of doing things and then to go to maybe have a couple of changes up until uh, 2021 try to be as creative as we possibly could in 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 2020 um kind of polish uh, a couple of things and feel extra safe in 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 the way that that we've done thing feel uh, done things uh, feeling extra safe in terms of uh, that that the direction that we've chosen after Camilla she left 
uh, is the right one and, and that we were going in a direction where we could show much more identity and, and, and soul in terms of, of who we are and, and, and how we like to do things. So it was kind of like, it, it was not like a year that was supposed to, where nothing was supposed to happen. We were basically just supposed to just get better and better at what we were doing. Um, so, so, so creativity could have a chance of, of flowing even better for 2021. So Bertil, news about COVID-19 started to emerge in January. Considering you're in Bolivia, did you get this any thought? Especially because January time was China for COVID. So it seemed like really, really far away. I mean, I think, I think that, I think that, that quite early on it, it felt, I mean, of course, news show up a little later to, to places like these, but, but I think quite early on it's, it, it, felt uh, rather a bit more serious this uh, uh, this thing that is happening it feel felt like uh, that that something could start you know moving around in a in a, in a faster pace than, than than we may have seen before um, if I gave too much of a thought about it at this current moment I, I'm not completely sure if I did I think that that sure we hear about it and you start thinking that um, what might happen when it comes, but it still feels so distant at, at, at this point that um, whether or not I, I whether or not I, uh, I, I, I had been completely starting to plan what what was going to happen when COVID nineteen shows up at Bolivia, I must admit most likely not. That's probably a bit later, um, but but sure. I mean, it, it it felt like quite quickly when the news came out about that there was something spreading in a, in a fast pace that it sounded slightly more serious than, than, than many other things that we've, uh, that we've, uh, um, experienced in, in, in Bolivia within the last year, just. Okay. Yeah. Now Bolivia's first confirmed cases were announced on March 10th. At this stage, Europe had already started locking down. Mm -hmm. Did this insight inform any operational decision or planning that you had in place? I mean, this is not January anymore; it's more March. I mean, it absolutely did. I mean, the the when 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 the first confirmed case shows up, and and, and I think already here at this point, we are pretty sure that that things are gonna. I mean, you're basically just waiting for the first confirmed case to happen. I think even we were pretty sure at this point that that. Um, that there were cases already. The question was if, if you actually confirmed them or if you actually have connected those two things together. So we, we already, uh, before the firm confirmed uh, case, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember as, as we close, we actually closed down the week before uh, or during this week, uh, maybe we, we have our last service Tuesday that week, something like this. Um and we took a decision the weekend before more than anything that that i mean not only is it it is it the most responsible thing to do uh whether or not that we have to wait for the country to 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 follow uh you know the rest of the the rest of the other countries that are closing down uh, maybe it would be smarter to just uh, go ahead and do so also because you know at this point already things are happening around the world and and you know you get so many cancellations, and, and you need to really think at this point if it's if it's actually uh, better to close down and, and and not lose money, produce, and time. Um, so we, I mean, we 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 closed down already uh, uh, a bit before uh, and chose to, I mean, 
close the doors and 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 see what was going to happen. See, see, um, at least assure the 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 uh, the health of our team members and, and and making sure that they already start locking down because, you know, in the end in the end of the day, we 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 were pretty sure that it was coming anyway. And since you don't really have guests in the restaurant at this point, it made no sense to actually be standing there uh, six days a week and and trying to get get some sort of ingreso in. I mean, sometimes, you know, a restaurant costs more money to open than it necessarily, uh, than it necessarily wins. I mean, if there are no guests in the restaurant, then, 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 then you've lost money the second because people go to work and you turn on the lights and you turn on the ovens and uh, you have produce that's ready to be consumed. And if no one's there to consume them, uh, then you basically have to throw it out at one point or figure out how to, um, you know, uh, process it or, or or preserve it or something like this where where quite quickly the fresh produce also loses some of its value huh? so for, for for many reasons we we chose already at this point to 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 close the restaurant and we we were completely closed i mean no no people inside the restaurant for for the following one and a half month one month three weeks something like this well yeah i guess it's also as well a matter of gaining some control in the situation instead of waiting for external factors to influence what's going to happen you took the bull from the horns so to speak and decided you know what we we know already what's happening around the world let's take matters in our own hands and call the shots here and do something about it so i guess in 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 a way in a way it's even the safest and smartest way to go through so yeah no, absolutely. I mean, we we knew it was coming anyway. So so the question is just how how long time are you, um, how long time are you you know, uh, delaying this decision? The decision was gonna come anyway. So so better to better to be ahead with it than than kind of making it come as a surprise. Although that you had the chance to plan for for quite some time. Though. Yeah. No. Of course. Now, Berdil, obviously, uh, you you decided to close the doors uh, way before the president uh, said any announcement, and she actually did on March seventeenth, closing the borders uh, mm-hmm. from the nineteenth to the thirty first, and this included interstate borders. So, how did this affect providers um, and everything? And obviously. What was going on in terms of planning? You you decided, okay, we're going to close. You did this ahead of time from the government, but did you have any thought on how long it was going to be? You told me it was almost two months. Did you know initially that it was going to be around that time? No, I mean, uh, to begin with, you you when 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 the country closes down and and it's set two weeks, then of course you think. Well, no, let's let's hope that's only two weeks. I don't think that any of us walked around expecting that it was only going to be two weeks. I think our initial thought was that it's at least a month. That's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if we walked around having the idea that this might be longer, two months before uh, we at least could operate again, uh, uh, I'm not sure that I completely remember. But but I think that that quite quickly, at least then. Then, then we already started delaying the the, the getting back to the restaurant um, because it didn't feel like um, it didn't feel like the timelines that people kind of was given. It was constantly, uh, you know, uh, another two weeks on top, and 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 it felt like yeah, well, you might as well just say a month from the beginning because mm-hmm. 
it doesn't feel like it's two weeks and it doesn't necessarily feel like it's a month. Uh, it might be when, when, when you think that you're done with the first one, there might be another month left. Um, so, so what, what we did more than anything, I think, uh, we, you know, us in this industry have a tendency to work a lot and, and, and maybe there, there came something positive out of, uh, out of this entire thing that, that we knew that this was like, like they said, it was going to be two weeks. We were pretty sure that that was not the case. So we basically gave ourselves the, the freedom to take two weeks where we actually were allowed to sleep and, and, and not think about anything else, but, but staying indoors and, and, and kind of, you know, recharge batteries and, and, and stuff like this. Um, to the point where after the first two weeks, I, I think we start we start meeting again over Zoom, Skype, etc., and, and and start talking. What are the possibilities of a return to the restaurant? Um, how fast can we expect to return to the restaurant? Um, and what do we do when 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 we can get back to the restaurant? I mean, we are still not opening our doors for for uh, our guests. Uh, you're still not allowed to have people inside in in, in restaurants here in the country. Um, but but we we kind of established a direction on on how to to operate without uh, without a single guest in sight and, and trying to reach them with, with deliveries and stuff like this and this we already started planning from around the the second third week uh, of lockdown um, started to to see if we could get as much as head uh, ahead as possible and 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 you know when when the permits are, are there and so on then we could kind of start straight up instead of having to to, to, to wait and figure out how we actually were going to do things. We, we already, when we, we were allowed to get back after these small one month, three weeks, uh, um, there we were pretty much ready to, to, to get back into operating. Um, but you know, Bolivia is still closed. Wow. Uh, Bolivia is not really open yet. Um, there are still a curfew after uh, eight o'clock. I mean, it, it extends a little bit all the time. So before it was until five, uh, now it's until eight. Uh, public transport is going a little uh, longer than before, but um, I mean Bolivia is still pretty much closed. Wow. Uh, so, so so sure. I mean uh, uh, it's been two months of of complete lockdown when no one came to the restaurant uh, and nothing happened. Yeah. Inside. And exactly like another another four months or three four months where where we're still not really having the possibility to have guests inside our, our restaurant yeah. and it might not uh, i mean we hear rumors that we might be allowed in you know a week or two but yeah we're not putting our expectations anywhere until there is a green of light of course now how did this situation affect or impact you directly considering that you have the livelihood of many under your wings like obviously you you're the restaurant director um there's a lot of people that depend on any decision that you make how did this affect you personally uh, um, like i said the first two weeks were nice but then getting back to actually having to plan something for not just uh, the sake of the restaurant the sake of of the salaries that you need to pay the people that that uh i mean their team members but their family members in some way um and everyone need to eat in the end and, and and something that was very important for the beginning is 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 to make sure that we at least could pay salaries but if this is a stressful situation like mentally stressful um it, it of course is we 
um, we're doing everything that, that, that's in our power to, to do the right thing and make sure that, that we get enough income and, and, and hopefully survive on the other side. But, but uh, if it's stressful to see a drop like this, is, 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 I mean, that, that would be lying to say that that's not stressful. Um, running a restaurant like this with so many employees is, 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 is tough. I, I think any, any company or any, uh, any person in, in, in a leader position that has to make sure that, that uh, you keep the jobs of as, as many people as you possibly can. Uh, it's quite stressful and it hurts a lot if, if, if you're unsure if it works out and, uh, so so so. I mean, of course, it affects it uh, affects a lot on, on on a personal level. Yeah, no, there's a lot at stake at the end of the day. So, uh, I can imagine it's stressful. But good thing is that after you know after a couple of weeks in lockdown, you started brainstorming what was going to be this next next stage for Gusto. Um, so you you mentioned that you started doing home delivery. So can you walk us through the challenges of you know translating the experience that you normally had? and reinventing yourself to make sure that you could do home deliveries, which was completely new to Gusto. And when, when did you start doing this? I mean, we started, we started doing this already after this uh, one month and three weeks closed. Okay. Um, we, we came back straight up with an offer of, of doing meal kits on, on having, you know, somewhere in between uh, a preparation of food and in, in vacuum sealed bags. That's, that's uh, I don't know somewhere in between fifty to seventy percent already done, uh, meaning people have to finish it uh, in their houses. Um, we we went very much with that direction because we thought that somehow it was going to get closer than already finished meal. Um, you know the worst thing about doing delivery is that food is rarely really warm when when it shows up. Uh, no matter how warm it was uh, uh, when you send it out, but 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 I mean we're used to going from the kitchen straight out to the table and not from the kitchen out in a delivery van uh, uh, that is bringing it somewhere. Um, so so we thought that this way was the best way that we could control it. We could make some food that tasted amazing. Uh, sure, like I said, we, we we do tasting menus. We we haven't tried to do a tasting menu as <laughs> as a delivery fifteen poster showing up at. <laughs> at, at, at your door like that um but but i i think we we, we could manage to still be gusto with the produce that we work with um you just try to to make some of the dishes less uh provocative or less experimental or, or you know less uh, uh avant-garde or, or something in this direction that that you try to make a meal that tastes fantastic still with with a great amount of produce and still with a slight bit of 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 creativity in it, and then uh, people could could have the fun on on you know finishing that up. Um, you know, in a lot of fine dining restaurant, plating is is uh, plating a dish is 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 an art form that 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 uh, we care about. Uh, and here it's fun maybe for 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 the guest who gets this uh, food that they can actually start playing around with with the plating as well, which they may never have done. But since they know that that you do this when you eat gusto, then then you saw some pictures where people were. People were really trying to make it look very beautiful <laughs> and, uh, and get this feeling that they somehow were still in the restaurant, yeah. uh, meanwhile not being in the restaurant. 
I can relate to that. I, I miss going to restaurants and the whole experience. So obviously trying to get as close as you can, even if it is from home. Um, fun fact, I was actually, I had a reservation to go to Noma in May and obviously that got canceled, but Noma was sharing some recipes on their Instagram. Uh, and I remember I said, you know what, if I cannot go to Noma, I'm going to bring Noma here. So I got my friends that were going to go, like we were all going together and said, hey, why don't we all have like a Zoom dinner and we decide like we're going to cook this. And I sent them uh, a couple of the recipes that they were sharing and we all did it and we all had the same meal. So, I mean, I, we put the background like if we were in Noma. Um, so I'm guessing, yeah, definitely not the only one missing the restaurant experience. So uh, it's nice that, you know, people are trying to replicate it. <laughs> No, even 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 we miss it, you know. Like uh, the restaurants miss it a lot. Uh, the thing that 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 we enjoy the most is having people sitting inside a restaurant, and that's the only thing that we are not allowed to have. So, so as much as people hopefully miss us, then uh, then we really miss uh, our guests and and creating this experience for people in in inside the restaurant. Well, fingers crossed so that everything can go back to normal sooner than we think. Now, what other initiatives, Bertil, have you taken in order to cover the fact that your operation is not the one that you set up initially? So you have the home deliveries. Is there anything else that you're doing as well? Yes, I mean, we we, 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 we began at the same time as the delivery. We, we had been working from after the first two weeks. We've been working to try to see if we could do some sort of project uh, where we could maybe help out on, on, on some of the places where it was very needed. So so we set up a project uh, called Alimentación Solidaria para Bolivia, uh, where we were cooking 400 uh, portions of food for a couple of different hospitals in, in, in the city. Um, the idea was to, to you know, get funding for, for doing this project and, and since... Since we have the size of the kitchen and so on, we could do or use use our space for something good at the same time, and make mm -hmm. sure that the people in the health system at least was um, was eating well, was uh, was feeling good, was feeling that was maybe a little extra uh, uh, than usual. Um, which I mean, they were they, feeling they, the love basically. Exactly, and 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 of course, I mean, in this in this case, it's it's. Uh, They've been working insanely hard, so 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 they also need to to exactly, I mean, receive a little bit of love on the side. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean, we we did the delivery, and 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 then we did uh, uh, the four hundred portions of uh, of food on a daily basis uh, at the same time, um, which was very given and 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 and, and very fun. Uh, we, we've never done food for four hundred people in our life before, um, not at the same time. Um, so, so, so another challenge that was fun to kind of see how, how you could execute. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, that the, these kind of nice things that you do are, are what people remember afterwards as well. So even though right now you cannot have the guests, uh, in the restaurant, they will know Gusto showed up when mattered. So mm -hmm. it's a good, it's a good initiative that you did now. Um, Gusto's target market in Bolivia would have a live-in cook or maid. So how did you market this delivery option to appeal to your customers? 
first first of all then then the mates are actually also home i think um i don't think so many of the households right now that may may used to have a mate actually have their mate in uh, at at work at the current moment at least not as much as as, as before um besides that you know our our market of the of of the local people who live here um i'm sure they miss us i mean i i know they do and and i know that many of the people who came once every second week or once a month these people they 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 miss us for 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 what we do and 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 what we can create so so quite quickly it was it, it was fairly easy to see that many of our frequent uh, guests they actually become uh, frequent customers in terms of our delivery system um, and besides that of course i mean uh, uh, who expected that i mean maybe if you ask people one year ago that that uh, uh, in a year, Gusu will be doing delivery. Uh, they would have laughed at you, but but uh, of course, when when it comes to the end, I think everyone knows that that this is the way that a restaurant have to have to continue. I mean, it's not such a big surprise that we had to do some sort of delivery. And I think people are curious to see. I mean, we are either a mix of famous and infamous. Um, uh, uh, we are a mix of liked and 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 not liked. But I think a lot of people have the interest of seeing how we were going to take that uh, take that challenge now we would try to execute something as as, as different uh, as this i mean different compared to what we usually do um so so in the end it it, it i mean it, it was very natural in the end of, of going into that because that's pretty much what you have to do yeah no it's it's very interesting because surprisingly here in london a lot of the higher end restaurants and i don't know why whether it, if it's because they haven't found a way or an alternative or if it's because there's too many high-end restaurants or I don't know why is it, but they're, they're still closed and they have done absolutely nothing to pivot. So that's why I thought it was quite surprising that a restaurant with the profile that Gusto has, they, you guys took charge mm -hmm. and did something completely different and, you know, somehow unexpected because even though, yes, the logical thing for a restaurant to do during a time like this is to potentially do deliveries or do, I don't know, cooking lessons online or whatnot, not every restaurant has done that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I find it quite curious that a restaurant like Gusto has done it. See, and which, 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 which we've done as well. I mean, we've been, we've, sorry, we, I mean, we've been doing, we've been doing exactly like you say as well. We are doing cooking classes besides that. Uh, which which is kind of the third part of, of of us. If it's a mix of, I mean, we've we we've done a couple of uh, of workshops in terms of uh, baking bread uh, in in three thousand six hundred meters with sourdough. Um, we've been doing two classes in fermentations, uh, uh, whether or not it's a mix of, of of learning how to make kimchi and and kombuchas and, and fermenting stuff for serving stuff. Um, this week we are doing macarons, um, uh, which which also is going to be quite fun. So so we've also kind of gone in that direction of of you know maybe maybe that's something that we miss a lot as well to have this close contact with the people who's around us uh, and and figure out that these Zoom classes with what not thirty to forty people in them is actually quite fun uh, at the same time. So 
So, so nice. other, other part of the project. No, no so actually, that, that's, that's great that you mentioned that because, I mean, my next question was that if you thought that the restaurant would continue with the delivery service once the pandemic is over. So if we go, we fast forward to hopefully a future where Gusto is still there offering the tasting menus. Do you think you will continue in parallel with the delivery service? And also, now that you mentioned the Zoom classes, would that still be a thing? I mean, if everything goes back to normal and tourism is back at at where it should be to do that, I'm not sure we would continue to do delivery now. Um, we've always had a tendency to do some sort of workshops or, or classes here at the restaurant. Um, not as often as we do right now, but, you know, uh, one or two every six months, something like this. Um, so so we might continue doing something like mm-hmm. this, but but in a... In, in, in a much more personal relation. Uh, I mean, if, if, if you say we're back at where before the pandemic started and, 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 and people can travel and people do travel, uh, I would not expect us to keep on going, I mean, keep doing delivery. There's a lot of things that we don't like about doing delivery, uh, which more than anything is the amount of, um, you know, the amount of uh, packaging. Um, that's I mean you you go from beautiful plates to styrofoam um, <laughs> to I got knows how many uh, yeah I mean or you're you're good not as as we did to find something biodegradable uh, but but I mean it's so much waste it's so much trash that you're all of a sudden creating uh, so so many most likely we would go away from doing delivery as as soon as we could the question is when can you actually feel like uh, you can stop doing something like this because when are we back to normal? Um, I mean, maybe we're allowed to open up again, but that doesn't mean that you're back to normal. And, and not even close. I mean. No, no, that, that's a big question mark that we're all waiting to to see. And yes, uh, even it's going to be a, a gradual uh, thing. Indeed, absolutely. Indeed. Because even even if you're able to open in a week or two, like you said, people are not able to travel to Bolivia anyway so the capacity you're not going to be at full capacity uh, anytime soon so So, yeah yeah. I mean maybe delivery for a good portion of time more but but if you asked us if 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 we would prefer not to do it then we would prefer not to do it um it's nice enough to do delivery and it's also nice that people can can get something fantastic to eat but but we're quite bothered on on term of of the amount of packaging you kind of need to do uh because it feels it feels wrong somehow. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I I can relate, especially uh, nowadays, everyone is so environmentally conscious as well. So uh, I can imagine having to go to to pivot to something that it's not only not the usual thing that you do, but also has this um, disadvantage of creating more waste than we already have, which is more Indeed. than enough. Now, Bertil, what lessons has this experience given you? I bet a lot of them, but <laughs> top of. I them. mean, there are there there are a mix of things that 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 uh, that that you learn from something like this to begin with. Uh, I think the first thing, I mean, back to back to giving ourselves the possibility to rest. I think we learn quite quickly that it's actually good that you sometimes completely disconnect from something, and you get to recharge batteries to 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 its fullest. Um, Besides that, you 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 learn to operate in a different way. You learn to maybe think about a, a couple of things that you're not necessarily thinking about before. 
and I think it's 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 a learning experience that 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 people need sometimes to kind of wake 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 up a bit uh, um, in terms of how you actually do certain things. Um, but there are so many things to learn. You know, I've I've been in this industry now for 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 a good portion of years, but never have ever done delivery. There are certain things you kind of learn. Meanwhile, that I mean, how how can you how can you go from having this very very personal direct contact to to a guest uh, to giving a high level of service without even seeing the guest? Um, there are small things here and there that 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 are important. I think our cooks as well learn how to cook food in terms of delivery because food uh, you, you want the result to be the best possible result but you know i wouldn't recommend anyone to to eat delivery if they could eat at the restaurant itself because the the food is just not the same as when it was put in the box until until it shows up where where you are um but you learn how to how to kind of do that better and and try to at least what 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 we can do and what is our responsibility is to to make the best meal as possible and and understand that that certain things just have to cook differently now from 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 before because there, there is a whole additional process before the food is actually consumed. Okay, nice. Now, on a personal note, how did it feel for you to be far away from your family, considering that you're originally from Denmark? So you're in Bolivia. Um, you don't know even when you're going to be able to go back at all. Mm. So how, how did it feel? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't feel so different, to be honest. I mean... Um, I've I've uh, now I've been living here for five years and, and Denmark is not I mean Denmark is my home country, but my home is in Bolivia. Um, I think my my family in particular as well. We 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 we've always traveled a lot. I've been far away from each other. My sister she lives in Tasmania. Uh, uh, I live in Bolivia. Oh, wow. My 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 other sister spent three years in Boston. Um, so I guess my parents also fairly used for their kids not to be that close uh, anyway um you don't it, it 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 doesn't necessarily feel different like 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 i said like sure denmark is my home country and sure i miss i miss a lot of friends i i just like you uh, uh, should have been to denmark in may uh we were planning to do a pop up in paris around end of may june uh, where hopefully we could have um uh, go to visit my family in in, in copenhagen Uh, and of course, all all these things got cancelled, and and that's tough because I I I, I need to go home at least uh, once a year, um, kind of breathe and kind of be close to the family. But but again, it's it 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 haven't really changed me so much as as maybe others. Um, maybe I just grew up in a family that's uh, more used than than many others to just be slightly separated all the time. Um, so no, for me, for me, it really haven't affected. Again, Bolivia is, is my home. Uh, Denmark is my home country, but not my home. Uh, so okay. it didn't, it didn't touch so much that I had to do quarantine in, in, in Bolivia instead of Denmark. Okay. Well, fair enough. Maybe it, it would have affected you more if you had been in Copenhagen and then not being able to go back to Bolivia, but that didn't happen. So well, well, that's a story I mean, for I, another I, I, podcast. Exactly. Like you say, it most likely would have affected me much more because the restaurant is here and, and, and sure I would have been, I mean, I would have loved to spend my, my, my quarantine days in Copenhagen, 
but I think uh, my worries would be much more located here than 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 it, it is currently in in terms of how things are going on in Denmark. Of course, of course. Bertil, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your experience with us and, you know, giving us this insight of how a restaurant like Gusto works. Now, before we go, I'd like to ask you three rapid fire mm -hmm. questions um, to wrap the interview. Okay, so I'll just tell you three questions. You say the answers and off we go. Okay, <laughs> so it. perfect. The first question is COVID-19 in a word. Uh, challenging. Cool. That's a that's a really good word, actually. Now, what have you learned during this time? Um, to stop up and breathe, to think and to be creative. Good. And what is the first thing you'll do after this situation is over? Well, and I've said that I don't that that I don't care about Denmark, but uh, the first thing I'm I'm gonna do is go home. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, there you mission. go. You, you, you took, your your top guy act fell off yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, like I said, I'm supposed to go home at least once a year. So, so, so that didn't happen so far. So, so sure, it haven't affected me so much, but uh, I definitely have to go home to see my friends and my family as soon as I possibly can. Yeah, well, let's hope that is soon. Maybe we'll meet there because I have been itching to try. I, I had my reservation for like almost a year already. So I was quite disappointed that COVID uh -huh. ruined my Noma time. But yeah, maybe we'll meet in Copenhagen. <laughs> Bertil, thank you so much again. This was Bertil Totenborg, Restaurant Manager and Beverage Director at Gusto. This is Laura from Notes from COVID. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and comment your thoughts on our Instagram account at Notes from COVID. See you next time. <laughs>